Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star Post Thanksgiving. I hope you had a great time the past few days. How many of y'all would go, I ate way too much? All right. How many of y'all said I ate way too much while you were eating something else? All right. And so that's the way I was. So I hope it was a good time, though. Uh, but I think today's a great wrap to our series. So I'm going to let you get ahead a little bit. James chapter 5, we're going to start reading in verse 13. James 5, verse 13, if you've got your app, it's probably the easiest way to follow along, North Star Church, Georgia, in the app store, and you can uh, go there, all the stuff's in there, it's probably the easiest way, or if you've got your physical Bible with your notes, it's awesome as well. Christmas is here, it is on us, I know for many of us, it felt like I think Anne decorated in September in our house, and so we've been celebrating Christmas in Lynch residence for, I'm just kidding, it wasn't September, it was October 1st. But anyways, so but we've been celebrating for a while, but Christmas is right around the corner, and we have a lot of tools for you. So when you leave here today, on your way out, there are some invite cards on kiosk all over our buildings, uh, outside uh, True North Chapel, there are some. There are some down here in Compass. Uh, if you're in the theater watching today, you can get these. Great way to invite friends. It's the one time a year people go, that, this and Easter, honestly, people will go to church if you invite them. So great cards to do that. Also, we've got some uh, signs and these signs are Christmas at North Star signs. You can take and put it in your yard. They're great in neighborhoods, great on in anywhere. Put them in your yard, not your neighbor's yard. And so put, put out the signs. It's a great way for people to see that and go, hey, I've been thinking about going to church. You may not even know them. They may be driving by your house and they can pick those up. So you can grab all that on the way out today. James 5 is a heavy passage. So James, half-brother of Jesus, writing to the early church about prayer. It's really interesting. Out of all the things, you think of all the things we've hit over the last couple months, to end like he ended, I don't think it's an accident. Would y'all stand with me in honor of reading God's word today? James chapter five. We're gonna, we're gonna do our best. This is something we can literally talk about for two or three hours, but I know that y'all aren't interested in that. All right, and so here we go. James 5, verse 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? Uh, there's one version that says afflictions. You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders for the church, of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of our Lord. So that sickness wasn't just a physical illness. This was a, the, the things that hit us in life. It could be emotional things and, and other pains that we run into in our journeys. That sickness that he talked about there is sort of a broad category. Verse 15, such prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. So is James saying God will heal everyone prayed for? The answer to that is yes. He just won't heal them like we want him to heal them. That's the hard part. And that's what we're gonna spend our end talking about today. It may not be on our timetable 
Then he says, verse 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results, saying that when we are right with God and our motives are right and our hearts are right, God does answer those prayers. And, and sometimes like we want them answered and sometimes not. We'll keep reading here. Verse 17, Elijah was human just as we are. Yet when he prayed earnestly, no rain would fall for three and a half years, that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then he prayed again and the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and will bring about the forgiveness of sins. James in this passage by saying, if you are sick, pray. If you are suffering hardships, pray. If you're going through a tough moment in life, pray. If you're in a season of a friend wandering away, pray. James says our first action should always be to what? But it's not always. Usually it's our last resort. We usually try everything else that we can. And James goes, I'm telling you, go to the one thing and to the one person that can do something about it. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. Would you pray with me? Father, some of us walked in this room and in our spaces on the North Star campus today. We tuned in from wherever we're at today and we feel like you wrote that to us. Father, would you use your Holy Spirit to speak into our lives to give us what we need today? And Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Before you're seated, find two or three people around you. Welcome to the North Star, and then we'll dive in and get going. <clears throat> that was funny. I was thinking about how many times I've walked up on the stage in one of those verses, you know? I'm in a season where sickness or hardships or whatever, we all have those seasons in our lives. If you aren't in that season right now, thank the Lord, but maybe you're in it right now. What does God want us to get today? What, what out of this? When James wrote this, you gotta think, he wrote this letter to this early church to explain to them what goes on because there is a piece of our lives that we go, well, if I'm walking with the Lord, then no tough times will visit me. Is that true? Well, no, it's not true. Tough times walk into our lives regardless of how we're walking. So what does he want us to get? All right, there's three things, ready? Pen, pencil, something to write with, thumbs to type with, got some lipstick, mascara to write on your thing, whatever you got today. Pin down a couple things. Number one, pray when I'm suffering. James says when you are going through seasons of hardship, pray. It may be a physical suffering, it may be an emotional suffering, pray. Look at what he says. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. 
and we walk through those seasons of life, sometimes there are things that happen to us. Sometimes there are things that happen in us, right? Some are external causes of hardships. Some are internal. It's, it's, so you could, you could write this little thought in. It's distress. When, when there is a distress going on in our lives, we should pray. Sometimes it's external. Sometimes it's a job. Sometimes it's a person. Sometimes it's a thing that's causing that hardship. A choice somebody else made that now you're feeling the effects of their bad choice. James said, what do we do? Well, we pray. And sometimes that hardship is a physical thing that we're walking through or someone we know is walking through. What should we do? Pray. Our natural inclination is to try to solve it and handle it and fix it. And James is going, there are things in life you can't solve, handle, or fix. How many of you go, I know that because I tried? All right, raise your hand. Yeah, we, we all do. We, we wanna get our hands around it. We wanna get a tool on it. We wanna take a pill for it. And we just wanna fix it. And there are some hardships that we walk through in life that aren't fixable. And James says, when you go through those things, you should pray, are any of you happy? You should sing praises. You should be thankful for that season that you're in. I love what Warren Wearsby says. He said, God balances our lives and gives us hours of suffering and days of singing. The mature Christian knows how to sing while he's suffering. It's funny, we, we are walking through this life and when you are in a tough season, it feels like it will never end. If you're there right now, if you're walking through a hardship right now, you know that never ending feeling. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's something with somebody else, but it's like time stands still. But when you're in a good season and things are going great, it's like time's going so fast. And James is saying, no matter where you're at, you should turn, I want you to write this down, turn your eyes to the Lord. There are times that you pray and God removes you from that hardship. And there are times you pray and God gets you through that hardship. I'm gonna be honest. As your fearless pastor, I should always go, God, just take me through the hardship. But I pray for God to get me out of the hardship, right? I mean, that's the way I pray. At our coaches' Bible study last year, we do a coaches' couples' Bible study at our house. It was a year or two ago, and we were going around, what do you want in the next year? And one coach said, well, I wanna have my quiet time better. I wanna pray more. I wanna be better with my family. And it got around to one of our guys in the room. He's not in here today, but he's using the service. It got around to him and said, what do you want? And he said, I want the Lord to send difficult things in my life to grow my faith. And everybody's like, yeah, not me, all right? And so get away, you sit over there. I wanna sit over here. We don't want that. But sometimes God gets us through. Pray when you're suffering. Number two, pray when I'm stuck in sin. You're in that season of life 
that you're stuck. Uh, the old King James Version called it a besetting sin. It's that sin you can't get over. It's that sin that it's, it's your weakness, whatever that may be. And if you've committed sins, you will be forgiven. God says you, you, you will be forgiven. But when you're walking through that season, pray. Look at verse 16. And confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. It's interesting that 12-step groups, celebrate recovery groups, what's always a part of them? What's always a part of those groups is a group of people sitting around in a circle going, yeah, me too. Isn't it funny the one place that we find sometimes it's the hardest place to be ourselves is the church, and it's the one place we need to be ourselves. All right, let's just make sure we're all on an even playing field. If you're in here today and you say, I have never gone through a tough time, I've never sinned, and my life is perfect, would you raise your hand? Would you stand up and please exit the facility, all right? Because you, we don't need you here, right? How many of you would say, I go through hard times, I am not perfect, and I'm on this journey? Raise your hand. Isn't it funny the more we have alike, then we have different, but yet the power of confession, you know, the power of confession has led to every great awakening. And it's not confession to the Lord, it's confession to each other. And that's the power of small groups. That's why we have small groups. That's why we meet in teams around our community because there's a power in that. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of sins. It's funny, when we get caught in those seasons of sin, so we'll talk about two parts of this. We get caught in that season of sin. We try to read every book. We try to read everything we can get our hands on to help us get out of that. And those are all great things. The greatest thing you can do is give it to the Lord and give it to somebody else. I want you to write this little thought down. Sin's power is broken in the light and it grows in darkness. It grows in darkness. When you don't confess it, when you don't share it, it grows inside you and you feel like you are along. And here's what it always does to us. It burdens us with more shame. And the enemy looks at us and goes, nobody else is like you. Don't tell anybody. So James tells this early church, he said, listen, if you're in that season now, pray. Pray. Pray to God and pray with others. If you've got a friend in that season, maybe they're walking away from the Lord. Mike, what do I do for them? Pray for them. Everybody look at me. Don't talk about them. Pray for them. Number three. That's where we're gonna spend our time. Pray when I'm sick. Pray when I'm sick. Are any of you sick? 
Call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. All right, time out real quick. Mike, do we do that? Yes. So we, we have done this many times through the years. Somebody calls us and said, would you, I'm going through this. It may be a marriage difficulty, it may be cancer, it may be whatever it is. We want to be prayed over, would you anoint us with oil? The answer to that is 100% yes. We work it out, but they call us, we don't call them. I don't show up at your house while you're eating lunch going, the Lord told me to come pray over you today, all right? And so that doesn't happen, right? But when people call us, we do. Is the healing in the oil? No. The healing is in Jesus. The oil is a representation that Jesus, we're giving this, we're committing this to you. Does that make sense to everybody? So back during that time, oil was medicinal. So that was the reference of it. We use it as a representation. So our pastors have met and prayed over people in our offices. We've prayed over people in their homes. We've prayed over people in hospital rooms through the years when they go, I, I don't know what else to do, but, but pray. Such prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed sins, you'll be forgiven. So let's, let's talk through this. This is where we can get off base in um, our view of this. So four, four different types of sickness. They're right there in your outlines. So let's unpack this. Sickness because we're human. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in a fallen world. Our bodies, as we get older, are decaying. I saw a picture of me when I was playing baseball in college the other day. I almost didn't even know who I was, right? Because things are not getting better as I get older. Ann still looks alike. She's, ben she's Benjamin Button. But anyways, as I'm getting older, my, everything's breaking down, right? We live in a fallen world. And in this world, there is a sickness because we are finite beings. Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned and sin entered the world, death entered the world with sin. And from that point till now, sickness has been part of this world. So sometimes you get sick and it has nothing to do with anything other than you are a finite being. Second, sickness for discipline. There are times that God uses things to get our attention when we're wandering away from him. Not always, sometimes. So I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. This is probably not politically correct in our society. We disciplined our kids when they were growing up. Did they love it? <laughs> no. Did we do it? Yes, why? Because I loved them. Sometimes it was time out. Sometimes it was taking a toy away. Sometimes it was Mr. Sad, right? So it was the, it was the Mr. Sad. But anyways, we won't get into that. But you're like, you shouldn't have done that. Probably shouldn't have. But anyways, so we did it. Why did I do it? I did it because I wanted, I wanted them to know that there's a better way to act, feel, get, Y'all know, y'all get where I'm going. Sometimes the Lord loves us enough to discipline in us to bring us back. First Corinthians, all about don't take the Lord's Supper. 
I think it's 1 Corinthians 11. Don't take the Lord's Supper with a, with a, a heart that's away from the Lord. Then let her see sometimes there's a sickness for death. <clears throat> sometimes there is a sickness that takes us to heaven. That's not fun to hear. The Bible says there is appointed unto man once, there's appointed unto man a time to die. Psalm 90, 12 says, Lord, teach us to number our days to know how few of them there are. That's the Mike International Version. But that's, that's basically what 90, 12 says. Everybody look at me. We are not meant to live here forever. Why do we want to live here forever? Because we don't know how good heaven is. There is a sickness unto death. That, that there is a sickness sometimes that comes in our lives that will be that sickness. For Lazarus, we don't know what it was, but he got sick and he passed, right? The Lord brought him back, but he died and Mary and Martha wanted him here. Letter D, there's a sickness for the glory of God. God's allowed it in our lives and will heal us from it so we can give glory to him. You read it all throughout the gospels. There's a sickness. They, so they used to always think if a person was sick, there was sin. That's what they, the Pharisees always went to. Well, there must be sin in their life. For them to be sick, there must be sin. Well, not, not always. Sometimes there's a sickness that God allows. So let me say this. Everybody look at me. If something enters your life, a diagnosis, a hardship, God allows things to happen to us. Alan Redpath, the great author, scholar, said it this way. When, by the time something gets to your life, it's gone through God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it must come with great purpose. Satan may have dominion over this world that we live in, but God is the king of the world. Can we get an amen on that? And so for it to get to us, but I'm telling you, when you're in it, it's hard. 2017 was that year for us. 2017 was the year that my dad passed and my mom passed, and I switched places with you. I have no problem sitting in a hospital room or a, a bedroom or a, with somebody sick or a den with a family and telling you these things and go, and with full authority, but man, when you walk them, it feels different, doesn't it? And I remember when, when we found out my dad wasn't gonna make it, we were making the decision to uh, end life support. And I remember the hospital people coming to my brother, my sister, my mom and I and going, would you like us to get a chaplain or a pastor? And I remember my sister going, no, 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 we're good, my brother's a pastor. And I'm like, 
we ain't good. I wasn't in a position to be good. I was walking where you're walking. I was feeling all those emotions because I wanted dad to be here forever. Even though I know he can't, I wanted him here. I remember when my mom got her diagnosis in April, that was in February and April, that she was eating up with cancer. And my youth pastor, Hugh, who was still a pastor on their staff at North Star, came over and uh, was sitting in the den. And I remember him looking at my mom saying these words. He said, Miss Ann, the Lord's gonna heal you. He's either gonna heal you here or he's gonna heal you there, but he's gonna heal you. That's what James meant when he wrote what he wrote. We're all gonna experience a healing. And I'm telling you, you're gonna get to heaven in five seconds in heaven. You're gonna, you're gonna say, why in the world did I wanna stay here this long? Today, we wanna spend some time in prayer. You may be in one of our rooms today and you go, Mike, I am walking through it with my family, in my marriage, in my finances, with a situation that's beyond my control. And man, I wanna pray. And so what we've done today, we've cleared out a spot here in this altar. We've got spots up in True North for you. And so don't be ashamed, come down and pray. We're gonna pray over you. I'm gonna invite Stephanie is gonna join me out on the stage today. So if you go, man, Mike, I am walking through it right now. This altar is open for you. You can get up at any point and come. I, I want you to know this today as we get ready to pray. God hears and God answers. It's just not always like we want it. It's just not always like we like it. So I want us to take some time to pray. So I'm gonna give you a second, just with the music underscoring here. If you want to pray today, man, this altar is open for you. I'm gonna give you just a second to get up and get down to pray. Maybe praying for a friend that's wandered away. You may be praying for somebody going through a crisis right now and we need God's intervention. Stephanie, would you mind leading us? God, your word tells us that we can boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence in our time of need. And so God, for those this morning, whether they are in their seats or whether they are down at the altar, God, I thank you for their confidence to approach you in their time of need. And God, we could spend hours in this room today sharing what those needs are. God, I pray for marriages in this space today. God, I pray for healing where communication has been broken. God, we pray that you would restore that 
God, for parents in this space this morning who who are worried with what the world says successful parenting looks like, whether they are consumed and worried about what kind of formula and food to feed their kids or, or what kind of extracurricular activities or, or what college or what spouse or what direction they have for their life. God, would you meet them in that place this morning? God, for those who are experiencing financial burdens. God, for the stress and the anxiety that that brings, not knowing how things will be covered, how things will be paid for, how there can ever be any margin. God, would you just bring them a peace that passes any kind of understanding that they could have and, and to release that to you. God, for the way that we let the world weigh in on us with how we should look and how we should act and what we should believe. God, in those moments, would you allow us to lean into you? Mm. And God, may your voice be the voice that we hear mm. among all the other voices. Father, I pray for those folks sitting in chairs in our rooms right now and watching right now that need healing. They've been given that diagnosis. They've been given that card they never thought they would read or they would read about a family member. And they are turning to you desperate right now. Father, I pray you meet them in that space and you become their good shepherd. Father, you carry them, you hold them, you strengthen them. Father, I pray today that their hope won't be in an answer, their hope will be in you. That God, today, they just lay on and lean in on you. And God, you wrap your strong and mighty arms around them. Father, may they experience a nearness and presence they've never felt before. Father, I pray over them now. God, I do. If you choose to heal, God, we will give you all the glory and God, tell your story. God, if you choose not to like we want it done, we're gonna give you all the glory and tell your story too. So God, today, I pray over them. God, I pray that you would be near, that you would be strong, and they would know today, Father, you are for them. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen.